Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Who's Who of SAU. This is a podcast that introduces faculty and staff from St. Ambrose in ways listeners may not know, whether that would be a hobby, what they do in their personal life, or things they've done in their past. I'm your host, Ryan Sandis, and today I am joined by Tammy Norcross-Reitzler of Campus Ministry. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks, Ryan. Good to be here. So... If you just want to go into your relation with St. Ambrose, you know, what you do here or your job title or how long you've been here. Sure, sure. I'm the director of campus ministry and I've been here seven years. So I'll be starting my eighth year. Um, I came, actually, uh, my daughter was a student here and she had a work study job in campus ministry. And I had worked for over 20 years in parish ministry at a Catholic church. And she said to me, uh, Mom, you you could do this campus ministry work, like you would really like that. And um, so when Sheila retired, uh, the position was open and I applied and moved my family to Davenport. So it's been a good good seven years. So you're sort of like the director of campus ministry, it's called. So you're not necessarily a professor and you sort of like head up everything. So if you just want to <laughs> sort of go into that. Right, sure. So um, we're kind of like the presence of the church, I guess, on campus. So it's really, we see it as a ministry, of course, to serve the students and um, provide opportunities for them to grow in faith and kind of explore their spirituality. So my role um, is a staff position as I'm considered a lay minister in the church. Um, so I'm not ordained, that means I'm not ordained. But, um, you know, but my job then is to um, like direct uh, retreats or um, help students uh, form a retreat team and put on retreats. Um, any programs that help students grow in faith. So um, I lead our peer campus ministers. So those are students and they're, I kind of help in their development and, and support them in the programming that they want to do. Um, help a lot with liturgy things as well. Uh, lead prayer once in a while. Sometimes I, you know, even I say the prayer before a football game or um, at campus events we um when there's something like kind of a unfortunate event like the death of a faculty member or a student or something like that we put together prayer service and you know provide a place for students to to pray and kind of mourn together and and, yeah. and share stories so um so sometimes those kinds of things but really yeah being the spiritual leaders of of the campus is kind of what what our role is. Have you always been in campus ministry, like before you started here? Um, not, I wasn't in campus ministry, but I worked in parish ministry. So I worked okay. at a Catholic church okay. um, and worked like with youth group, like um, middle school and high school kids and with adults and, um, you know, led prayer services and that kind of stuff in a, in a parish. Yeah. So it's really the same kind of work, but just a different setting. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I talked with Father Tom for an interview with a uh, Dateline about him moving, uh, or moving to a different job, and he sort of said that, you know, Christ the King Chapel and St. Ambrose, you know, church is still part of the diocese and just as mm -hmm. big a part as you know, other churches in right. Davenport. So I guess, you know, with it being a university and just like I guess a Catholic university, how are they still like treated the same like within the diocese or whatever because i always thought it was interesting yeah, in that it's way it's kind of a yes and no um we we function in a lot of ways like a parish um but there's some differences because we're really here for for the saint ambrose community so don't have a lot like we don't have 
classes like for second graders for first communion because that wouldn't um but if a college student had never made their first communion and wanted to prepare for communion we would do that uh so we don't do like kind of family um i don't have baptism preparation classes uh like you would in a parish um so we don't have mass every single weekend of the year either. So there's a, we take a break in July when students aren't here and kind of follow the academic calendar. And a parish wouldn't do that. A parish would um, continue all year round, you know, and right. never really stop being church. Um, so that's a couple of the differences. We In parishes, you'd have things like the finance council and the parish council <laughs> and, yeah. and all of that. And we don't have that. Our, you know, we're... Our budget comes through the university, um, but we've, you know, we have to follow all the policies and that of the diocese, and we work really closely with the diocese. Right. So. So, I guess there's sort of a, an interesting thing like for people who necessarily aren't Catholic coming to St. Ambrose, where it's it's almost like you're it's you're proud to have you know Catholic tradition mm-hmm. in a university. Compared to like, I guess, like when I looked at schools that were like Lutheran schools or whatever, where it was like, yeah, we have church, but you know, it's it's optional for you or it's up to you, and it's like that here, but it seems like it's very much grounded in, you know, Catholic tradition, and it's something that you know they pride themselves on. You know, right. is that normal right. for like a Catholic school? Do you think? Yeah, I would say um, our what's unique about St. Ambrose is that we're a diocesan university so that means uh the bishop um you know is on our board of trustees here and and we follow you know kind of come under his umbrella um where some catholic universities um like say like creighton university is a jesuit school so it doesn't it doesn't belong to the diocese it um it functions with the uh community the jesuit community of priests so it's a religious order of priests and that would be more more common of the catholic um, colleges and universities that they'd be associated with some kind of a a religious community uh versus with the diocese okay so do you think there's like a, a pr element to like you know knowing the dynamic of a university or knowing like the demographics tradition and stuff like that but still going out and reaching people yeah, I think um I don't I don't think it starts out as a PR thing. I guess I think it's um it's rooted in how in how the university started and it's seen really as a ministry. Like the 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 college was started originally for uh young men in business, you know, and it was like an outreach of the of the diocese, you know, to provide an education yeah. for men. And so it's I think um, and that's just foundational. And I think that would be true of most Catholic colleges and universities. Like they see it as a ministry of a service to providing a need for people. And so, you know, we take a lot of pride at St. Ambrose in um, preparing students to really, you know, we say to enrich their lives and enrich the lives of others. And um, that's that's a very Catholic thing. Like uh, we want our students to go out and make a difference in the world, change the world, make it better. Um, and, and so we see that, you know, kind of the role, no matter what religion or faith students have right. here, um, we still want to form them as people that are going to change the world. Right. So you sort of went into it just like how you, how you reach people, you know, it's, it's, 
do you sort of use the tradition aspect or like the in your you know pitch almost to to people yeah we you know the the tradition is huge in the catholic church um especially so the the teachings of the of the popes and the bishops and and through the through the years um have a lot of impact and and form you know kind of the decisions that we make and how um you know what's important what we give priority to here at yeah. st ambrose so i think it has a lot of influence and clear across the board in you know in our the majors that we offer in you know the the kinds of activities that we do all of it to to help people grow um as people have you have you seen that firsthand with trying to i guess not necessarily recruit like you know you hear recruit and you think a sports <laughs> team or whatever but yeah. it's just do you have you seen that firsthand you know with students trying to come to St. Ambrose or wanting to come to St. Ambrose I think we have a mixture of students of course I think some people come here specifically because it's a Catholic University and maybe some of them some of our students have gone to Catholic schools their whole lives um, other students I think there's a feeling they get you know when they visit and and they like that feeling that feeling of being at home and uh, being challenged or they just kind of notice it in the in the air and the atmosphere right and I'm sure there's others who come because you know we offer a program that they're interested in a, an academic program or an athletic team that they're getting the opportunity to play yeah. so I think there's a wide variety but the students I meet you know a lot of times will say um, it's that that sense of kind of either continuing their Catholic education or just wanting to pursue um, you know, some, an education with that kind of value. Cause when I looked at schools, I, you know, I didn't grow up Catholic and I, I wasn't assuming to go to a Catholic university. Uh-huh. It was just like, it, it came on my radar. It's not like I went there because of, you know, religious aspects, but, and that's a reason why some people do, right, but right. it's just part of the university, I guess, you know, and it's, it's very, I guess, interchangeable. Like mm-hmm. you could take it or leave it, I guess, for some yeah. people. Right. I think I think that I like to think people are get the benefit of it, whether or not they know they're going to, you know, that. And like I said, they may come for a program, you know, a particular academic program or a career path uh, or a team, athletic team. But um, they're still it's still they can feel (laughs) the Catholic part of it um, in their required courses and then hopefully just in the way they're treated and yeah and and challenge to grow but yeah i think it's a a side benefit maybe <laughs> yeah, for some people yeah definitely yeah. so you you said you've been here for seven years mm-hmm. now and uh father tom uh our departing chaplain has been here for four right and with that being said um you were here with father chuck yes. adam correct yes um, I was. so i guess how have things changed? You know, what differences did you see, you know, with Father Tom coming in compared to, you know, Ooh. Father Chuck? Well, they're, they're two different people, both really great, um, you know, great priests, a little bit different styles, I think. But um, I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint changes, I guess. Um, hmm. You stumped me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a funny thing, I guess. I, when Father Tom came, he was, is the first time that I worked with a priest who was younger than me. Right. And 
um, the rest of the staff was quite a bit younger than me. In fact, I could, I was old enough, I'm old enough to be their moms. Hmm. But I, so I kind of teased Father Tom about that, like, well, I'm not quite old enough to be your mom. And he's from a large family and he's the, the tail end, the, the youngest one. So he said I would be more like a big sister okay. to him. And so now, so Father Chuck was older than me, not by much, but a little. And then uh, Father Tom comes along. He's quite a bit younger than me. And now uh, the next priest coming is Father Ross. And I am old enough to be his mom. Right. So <laughs> he's yeah. a really baby priest. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be fun. That'll bring some new energy, too. Okay. So um, do you... I guess it's weird, like... I guess the church that I grew up in, it like the pastor had been there, you know, for like 20 plus years or whatever and he really you know established something so yeah. how big of a change is it when you know a chaplain leaves a, like a parish or a, a, a chapel and you know someone else coming in yeah it i mean there's always a change um you know there just, some of it's just style things like not one's better or di- you know different just um different styles like father tom is very particular about um you know when he sets up for mass, and he, uh, in, I mean, so it's a good, it's a good thing. He's very particular about how that everything's just right and um, reverent and all of that. Um, I I would say Father Chuck would be would was more casual, you know, about some of those things, um, you know, and just kind of learning what uh, what each person's strengths are and what yeah. what they find important and. Um, you know what I, I think that's the thing when there's a change like that yeah yeah and i talked with david baker you know because he's he's an alum from here and he, <laughs> he knows so many people and just he's been here a long time <laughs> in and around campus and he he remembers you know changes in uh priests you know probably before father chuck and then you know as right. father tom has come here and he says he's noticed a very like progressive sort of change you know with father tom do you think that's just because of, you know, his age and just the dynamic he has, you know, within, you know, the university or with people? Yeah, I think Father Tom would laugh about being called progressive, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. But um, he, you know, up to date, he's, you know, he's very up to date, yeah. that, you know, with the times and with what is, um, you know, what students are interested in, um, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, he, so I think, I think that's what students like about him. He, Father Tom loves the Catholic Church, which, you know, hopefully, we wish we could say that probably about all our priests, but he, he loves the church and he's um, really good at, well, he was a history major, so he remembers everything and every person and Pope and what they said and did. And so he's just like this walking trivia about the church. Mm -hmm. And I think students really enjoy that. He's, you know, because they can ask a question and he can just whip it out like that. Where, like, I would have to look it up and, you know, Google it or (laughs) whatever. But he, um, so that, I think that's, that's a really nice um, Do you think there's an atmosphere that was built, you know, with, with him sort of establishing himself as a campus chaplain yeah yeah i think you know he also he loves the church he also loves saint ambrose which is awesome you know because he graduated from here and he had so many great um memories of his time at saint ambrose you know like in the theater department he was in some of the shows and he was an ra and he had 
I think his work study job was in security, you know, like he, so he had different aspects of campus life that, um, that really, even though it's been, I think it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, he, you know, a lot of, some of those same people are here. And, uh, so that's, that's what was kind of fun for yeah. the students too. Like they like hearing those stories. Cause I interviewed Dave for the podcast and he like graduated, worked a job for, I think less than a year and then was hired here. And he, he always jokes around and I tried to get it out of him in the podcast, <laughs> but he was like, Oh, I, I, I think I was too young when I started here. Like I, I was too young cause people still really knew but, him as a student yeah. and not as like a worker. So I guess, was there any of that with father Tom when he came around? Well, he, you know, he was got He, let's see, he's been a priest. Cause he, he started like in he, Ottumwa or something yeah, like he, that. He was from, he grew up in Ottumwa. Okay. That's where he grew up. Yeah. He, you know, he's worked for the diet or worked for the diocese. That sounds funny. He's been a priest, um, and had other assignments before he came, uh, to St. Ambrose. So it, it had been a while, you know, he'd been away for a while. So I don't, I don't think, you know, well, he has that baby face. I yeah. suppose that <laughs> well, the beard helps. The it beard now helps a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he got contacts and, you right. know, kind of, I mean, yeah, he, uh, but I think it's not a matter of not being respected. Like he's right. very well respected. Right. I think that he, enough aging and experience. And I think if, if anybody goes through, you know, the, the process of becoming a priest right. and, you know, everything you have to learn and do, you know, there's, there's sort of an aura of respect right. that, you know, right. is just inherent, Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So... Father Ross is set to take his place. And I know this is this is going to turn into, you know, stuff with, like, the Catholic messenger and stuff that they've <laughs> right. talked about with Father Tom leaving. But what do you expect with Father Ross, you know, coming? Well, I just had a good conversation with them. We had a Zoom call uh, yesterday, um, and we talked for about an hour, and it was really nice to, to kind of visit. I know him somewhat. Um, my daughter that I mentioned at the beginning, she... Uh, was a student when Father Ross was a student. So, um, and they kind of had some mutual friends and stuff. So I kind of knew him. And then I knew his brother uh, was a student after him. And so that his brother was here uh, when I started working. Um, so I, I don't feel like nervous about like not knowing him right. and everything. But I don't know, you know, he wasn't a priest when I knew him. Hmm. <laughs> so I don't know exactly, you know, what things he likes to do or how he likes to do things and, and that. So we're just kind of trying to, um, you know, kind of talk through some of that. Yeah. But he, I know he will be very present uh, to the students and available um, and around on campus. People are going to see him, you know, see him around. Um, he already indicated that. He, um, he's a lot of fun. So I think, you know, they're going to, the students are going to enjoy him in that way too. Um, he was really active, of course, in campus ministry when he was here. So he already, um, and Father Chuck was the chaplain when he was here. And since, I think because I worked with Father Chuck too, I, and Father Ross was a student with Father Chuck as the chaplain, that we have this common um, foundation, mm-hmm. you know, that, that'll make it easy. Like if I start talking about, you know, the Antioch retreat, he knows what that is. He did that, right? you know, so, um, so, you know, a few things have changed cause we've started new things. Like we didn't have, there weren't pure campus ministers when he was here. Right. So that's a whole new thing. 
um, that I feel like now it's been here a long time, but yeah, um, fair, but fairly new. Do you think it's easier for people who are alumni to you know become priests or like work within you know their university as compared to somebody that would you know come from? I I think there's some advantage of I that they right. already know people. Like yeah. he told me uh, when I was talking to him, he said, "Oh, I called Matt Hansen. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You were an RA. Like you already, like you already know Matt. He already has relationship. Yeah. He, where, when I came here, I'm an alum also, but I didn't really live on campus. I got my master's degree here uh, in ministry, um, but mostly was off campus to do that. But, um, but so when I came here and started, I didn't know who to call, you know, to ask about this or that, or, you know, the HR department was like, when I worked in the parish, there wasn't an HR department. So um, so I had a lot of people to learn and get to know, um, and even like what the different functions are in a university, um, setting that I wasn't familiar with. So I think if a priest came in, um, as chaplain and didn't have all of that, they, it would, I think it would be a lot harder yeah. start. Do you think, so, I guess with starting any new job, there's sort of like a I wouldn't necessarily say pressure. It's just there's there's a weight, I guess, that you just you want to get started so you can you know make your good impression yeah. and you know just do what you want to do and are thinking about. Do you think that's the case with you know Father Ross and yeah. what you've met I mean, with him about? You know, there's certain things that they just know. Like I mean, you know, he already knows how to say mass. He knows how to you know hear confessions. Right. He knows. Um, so that stuff will just, that's going to be the same, you know, it's, there's not like a big learning curve on that now because he's already been doing that in a parish. Um, so I think more, um, it is really at the beginning about getting to know people and the, and the relationships and that just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that just takes, I mean, I remember when I started and I went to the first, uh, mass and more and it was out in the grotto on Wednesday night and all these students came in and you know and they were happy to see each other and they're hugging and you know they're excited to see each other at the start of the year from the long summer and I didn't know a single person yeah. and you know I just kind of remember standing there and like it was kind of cool to see everybody greeting each other and happy to see each other and you want to be part of it but you're not yet you know yeah. and then you kind of feel like you've arrived <laughs> Yeah. When when you're the one they're happy to see, you know, eventually. Yeah. But um but yet there's just nothing but time. It's kinda like when you come as a freshman, yeah. right? And <laughs> Yeah. And then, you know, just time goes by so fast that yeah. it's just like like I know I listen to the Catholic or uh the Faith Awakens. Mm-hmm. The Faith Awakens and Meg that's a big thing with Megan. Like yeah. she's she's graduating and it's like, Oh my gosh, like and everybody says like you, when you grow up it's like you, you think everybody has it under control, you know, when they're, you know, when they see adults. And then when they get to that age, it's like, <laughs> well, um, not necessarily. So. Right, right. So I guess I'm sort of realizing that now yeah. you know, with, with being an upperclassman technically. But you mentioned that you actually got a master's degree from here. So I guess, you know, I've, I've interviewed people who have been alumni here and I've interviewed people who have been here for like multiple decades you know how was it how I guess how was the campus atmosphere different for you as like a graduate student instead of like undergraduate yeah well it was really different because I got my master's in pastoral studies 
Um, so it was through the theology department, and it was in 1993. So you all weren't born yet. Right. But um, And I was working in the parish in Newton. Uh, so that's a couple hours away, still in this diocese. But um, So it was kind of, well, now everything's called hybrid. That's probably what it was. They didn't call it hybrid back in those days. But so I really, like I said, wasn't really on campus. I'd come in the summer. They'd do like a week long. They called it the June Institute. And they'd bring in these great like theologians and and people to present. And so I'd come maybe stay for a week. I think I stayed in the townhouses. Yeah. And we'd stay for a week. Um, and it would be other people like me that were older and, and working in parishes mostly. Um, and then uh, we didn't have online classes in those days. I don't think the internet was invented yet, but it was. Um, or I would go uh, to workshops or that kind of thing. And um, there one time I drove, they had a sister teach a class and it was in Washington, Iowa. And I would drive there um, once a month or something yeah. for a class. So, yeah, I, I just, I had no sense really of St. Ambrose as a place um, when I was working on my degree. It was one of those things you talked about, like, thinking when you're going to be grown up, you know. And yeah. It was one of those things. I started working in ministry. Um, I got my youth ministry certification. It was a national uh, program certification. And then I thought, I still have a lot to learn. And so St. Ambrose had this master's program. And so that was my next step is um, to do that. So, yeah, it. so I'm proud to be an alum. I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I like to tell people I'm an alumni and I, I'm proud to be part of it. But it's a very different yeah. experience than, than living here. And, um, like, are you a big proponent of grad school then? Because I guess people have thought about it, I guess, and, you know, you sort of mentioned, like, I still have so much to learn. And I think that's sort of the ethos of, of any yeah. graduate student. Yeah. You know, I, I think about this a lot. I went I went to a small Catholic college for my undergrad, and I never, hardly anybody in my class, you know, went to grad school unless they wanted to be a doctor or right. maybe a lawyer or something. Um, it, w- it didn't seem that common. Like, you know, we just thought four years, get our jobs. That's And um, I so many of our students, you know, here are preparing for grad school and planning to go to grad school. There's a part of me that is a little jealous of that. Like I, I'm uh, in the strengths finders. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but I did strength finders. And one of my strengths is learner. Like I, I love to learn and do um, continue to learn. So I think there's times when I think, Oh, I wish like now I could go to grad school. Yeah. You know, like it just, that is just like in me to want right. to, to learn more and, and do more. And I, I did look into it a few times. Um, Father Tom is going to grad school right now and working on his doctorate in ministry. And when he started, I, I told him, I said, I'm a little jealous. But then he had to write this 30-page paper, and right. then I was like, oh, I'm uh, not jealous anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I would have um, – I, I decided, no, I'm too old. Not too old to learn, but kind of too old to get a return on the investment. Right. Uh, but that, That's interesting because – I'm in an English class, and uh, the literary magazine here, uh, Quirkus, we're, we're doing a retrospective edition mm-hmm. this year because of COVID, and it's going to be a PDF version. But our professor who started it, you know, he's talking about all these people who have, you know, submitted, and, you know, throughout the years. And one person who is a former English professor who's retired, she's actually getting her MFA in creative writing. And oh, she's wow. like 70-something. Wow. So I guess... 
that whole aspect of just learning and just the, wanting to learn yeah. regardless of anything i guess is is invaluable I, yeah. I, i'd want to say yeah i i you know and it's funny cuz i never i mean i loved college so i think i did remember kind of thinking it would be fun to work at a college but then it just never really like it didn't yeah. seem like a real possibility for me um when i lived in Newton, you know, there wasn't a college nearby that would have had a ministry program or something. So, um, it, it is a great atmosphere for somebody that just wants to learn. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I know I started out wanting to be a teacher of some sort. And I think when I was very young, it's like, Oh, I want to teach at a university level. And then it was like, well, that seems kind of intimidating, you know, a lot of schooling, you know, for, for something that's sort of you know, like adjuncts or something uh -huh. like that. And it's like, I don't know about it. And then I would come here and realize that like, you know, it, you just, you, you want to learn. And, you know, I guess a lot of professors, they're just lifelong learners and they yeah. want to share that with people. So yeah. I, I, I find that really interesting. So you were in my NSS class. Yes. I was, I was going to mention <laughs> that. Yeah. So. So I, it's, it's fun to see you doing this and. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's just you you find different experiences yeah. around campus and everything. Um, so I guess going back to, you know, your position as director of campus ministry, mm -hmm. you know, what's what's a something you enjoy or look forward to every single day? You know, well, I have to say that one of the privileges of being a director of campus ministry is getting, having the opportunity really as to pray with um, the community. So, you know, almost every day I get to go to mass and I feel like that is like a privilege, you know? Um, so that's one of the things that I treasure, honestly, but um, you know, those opportunities to be with students and see them, um, you know, hear them, I guess, really hear them talk about, how they're growing in their own faith or being challenged by their faith and um, growing in their love for Jesus and wanting to just share that with other people. That, that really makes my day. And um, some days I hear more than others, you know, but when, when I can be with a group of students and, or a student one-on-one -on -one and just hear, um, you know, what God is doing in their life, yeah, uh, that, that means a lot. I, I mean, I spend a lot of time, you know, answering emails and, um, going to meetings and listening now to webinars, uh. <laughs> but, but where I really, you know, feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing is when, uh, when I'm with a group of students and, and, um, you know, breaking open the scripture or, uh, just kind of, talking about where they're seeing God active in their lives, how they feel God is calling them, uh, what God's calling them to do. That, that really is the highlight. Okay. And is it just you that fe feels that way necessarily? Or do you think like Father Tom thinks that way too? Or like... I think our whole staff does. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what drives us is, is those opportunities. Um, really to be with the students. That's what, that's what we're here for. Right. Um, and so when we can do that, it, you know, whether it's in a meeting, like in, in our meetings, we always, um, 
give students opportunities to share, you know, like kind of we do like, I guess the secular thing would be like people would say highs and lows, but yeah. we kind of say, when have you experienced God's love? You know, when have you felt far away from God? Like what's right. happening in your life that makes you feel far away? But when they share those times that um, there's joys and there's struggles, you know, and we can pray about that, then that's, uh, that's when I think um, that we're doing what we're supposed to do. And then I guess the other part too is if, um, when we can work together to try to make a difference, you know, and look at bigger issues too, like, um, you know, some of the service opportunities and, and working together, you know, on our service trips or local service that, um, or, you know, we're all like excited when, when a student says, you know, there's a cause or something right. that they, <laughs> you know, that they uh, want to support or, or, you know, I'm honestly conversation about politics and, you know, not so much the politics itself, but just the issues and, you know, what's the Christian response yeah. to these important issues like racism and um, oppression and hunger and all right. that kind of stuff. So has that always been the dynamic then, you know, as long I, as you've been here? Yeah, I think, and I think it's been, um, I think we have a strong history of that at St. Ambrose that, um, you know, willingness to to kind of look at current events and see what does our faith tell us about that? Yeah. What, what our reaction should be or what our action steps should be. Yeah. And I remember again, listening to the faith awakens and Dr. Amy Novak talked about, you know, the benefits of liberal arts and stuff mm -hmm. like that and how you could draw so many different comparisons with any walks of life. And I yeah. think that's a prime example of that, you know, looking at multiple different subjects and then relating that back to, I guess, your faith. And I guess that's kind of a, a dynamic way of, you know, being a believer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably one of the more progressive ways of doing it. But, you know, I guess it'd be kind of boring for, I guess, people my age to just, you know, look at the Bible or look at, you know, faith for what it is yeah. instead of, you know, trying to relate it in other aspects of life. Yeah, so. I find, like, one of the issues, really, that young people, young adults... Um, and, and younger too, are really interested in is, you know, Pope Francis and the church before that, but have spoken so strongly about like taking care of the earth, you know, and, and our care for creation. And, um, you know, I was excited to see like the Green Life Club or the different clubs, you know, doing things on campus yeah. um, to raise awareness about caring for the earth. And that is so, that's such a, you know, whether or not the people um, who are working on that on campus no or not it's such a catholic um thing you know that we want to care for this world that god created and right. and um so yeah it, it, i think here that we can you know catholic faith can speak to all of the different disciplines you know and 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 teach us um or we it can inform our faith can inform us i guess in all the different areas yeah. Of life. So it's it's definitely been interesting. Like I I know I took an intro to Christian faith class mm -hmm. and it very much I guess challenged, you know, my perspectives on Christianity. Stuff that I still, you know, talk about today, you know. Not not between like other religions, but yeah. just like different sects of you know, growing up Lutheran compared to growing up yeah. Catholic and stuff like that. And I guess that's a benefit of just, you know, changing your mindset, you know, to just be open-minded and be everything. Like yeah. I've, I talked with uh, Carl and Stella Herzig, and they're practicing 
Vaishnavists, oh, I want to say. Okay. That's, that's a like a sect of, I think, Hinduism. Okay. And I just, that was a big thing with them where it's just like being open-minded. Yeah. And they said they felt very welcoming, you know, at, at a campus community. So I guess it's just that diverse attitude. Yeah. So. And I think, I guess I would, I'll add that in campus ministry, um, our role here at the university is to really be a place for all students, not just the Catholic students. And um, and I think we have a ways to go. I think um, I'd like, I would like us to maybe do more, uh, listen more to students of other faiths and especially um, the non-Christian faiths, you know, kind of to, to hear more and, and see what we have in common and what we can do together. But um, always know, you know, I think, we try to get that word out there that we're, you know, we're really for all our students, not just the Catholic students. Yeah. And um, so it's always exciting when, you know, we have students of different faith, faiths, like I think participate in our retreats or on our service projects and service trips and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because then we're all richer for that. Definitely. Well, uh, Tammy, thank you for doing this podcast. Um this is actually the final episode of the semester oh, of wow. the Who's Who of SAUs. So I'd like to say thank you to David Baker, uh, Shelby Lebo, and KALA Studios for letting me do this. Tammy, thank you again for thank being you. on here. Um, I'm your host, Ryan Sandis, and this has been the Who's Who of SAU.